0: Not mean it's of God. Right. Yeah. Moses is down in Egypt, and the uh, throw that serpent uh, rod on the ground became a serpent. The Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. That's right. yeah. And I'll tell you right now, somebody throwed a rod down and turned into a snake. I'm getting out of here. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, I'm just saying that just because it's a big phenomenon and people are sucked into that, yeah. that old Catherine Kuhlman and that old Benny Hinn and all that bunch. Yeah. Mercy, say, hey! The just do not live by signs and wonders and miracles. The just live by faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. I don't care if they made hair grow on your chin. <laughs> the devil has sacrifices, like God has the sacrifice to the Son, the sacrifice the devil. The devil has fellowship. First Corinthians ten twenty have fellowship with devils. And the devil has his armies, and he'll fight against the Lord in the book of Revelation, chapter 19. Now, we finished up last week by saying that the devil sows tares among God's wheat. And the Lord, uh, they asked the Lord about it, and he said, you don't pull them up. said, you can't tell the difference. And that's why preachers need to be careful, and people need to be careful. Yep. You, you may not always. Now, tonight, today we're going to start in here in 1 Timothy, chapter 4, verse number 1. We know about that he instigates false doctrine. Now, listen to me. The devil is in the, is in the Bible perverting business and he'll pump false doctrine at you if you let him. Look at your Bible in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 6. Now the spirit speaketh expressly. How does the spirit speak to you? Hello. Right here. Amen. Right there. If you got anything that spoke to you that's contrary to that book, it's not of God. It's a wrong spirit. That in the latter time, some shall depart from the faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God. That means they're going to jump outside the Bible. Giving heed to what? Seducing spirits. And look at this, doctrines of devils. Well, you say, Reggie, well, how does he have doctrines? Well, first of all, he perverts the word of God. That's how he started out in Genesis chapter three. First thing the devil will do is is say, Yea, hath God said. He'll question. That's what all this Bible issue is about. Yea, hath God said. And I'm going to tell you something. He'll pump something in your brain and make you have a thought and dwell on that thought about the Bible that's not right and questioning the Word of God or something that you or nobody else understands. You better be careful about that. But after he questions the veracity and the truthfulness of the Word of God, we're talking about the activities of the devil. What's he doing in this world? He's perverting the word of God. Yeah. That's his, one of his main things. After he questioned the word of God to Eve, he, Eve added to it. Yep. Now the Bible said don't add to it or take away. I've been doing a study on some words that's been removed uh, from the authorized version by all these other versions. It's unreal. I mean, it's just, it blows your mind. You, you wouldn't let them do that to your will or no document that you had. You let me have the deed to your property and say, I'll just change a few little, this section and that setting and that quarter and that quarter. First thing you know, I'll own your place. That's right. You wouldn't let me change the legal description of your farm, would you? No. no. Okay. This is a legal document. Hey, hey. You don't mess with it. Then in chapter 3, and verse 4, Genesis, the devil outright denied. He said, thou shalt surely not surely die. Once he ever gets you questioning the Word of God, adding to the Word of God, he'll get you denying the Word of God, and then Satan himself added to it, added to it. Now, you say, Regent, I want to give you something this morning to help you about the devil. The devil has put into the Christian realm that we're supposed to interpret the Bible. All these theologians, all these scholars, are all time talking about interpreting the Bible. That's wrong. Amen. You do not... You, the Bible said, "In Peter, you're not supposed." To, there's no scripture given of any private interpretation. Amen. Here's how you know how the Bible teaches: associate scripture, comparing spiritual things to spiritual things. First Corinthians said, "You compare and associate scripture." If you want to study fish in the Bible, you look up every every word connected to it. If you want to know what God has said about grace or mercy or the blood of Jesus, well, Danny preached last Sunday night on the blood of Christ. Amen. Boy, I tell a good message. Did you notice that he associated, clear through the Old Testament and the New Testament, all the verses on the blood of Christ? He doesn't have to interpret it. The Holy Ghost interprets it by the preaching and the association of scriptures. And what you get in trouble is, is picking out a passage of scripture. Let me give you one. Uh, church, I had a guy from Church of Christ write me a letter here a while back, b- blasting me out, stuff preaching on, on baptism and regeneration. The Bible, in Acts 2.38, 38 the only verse they know. (laughs) Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. And they'll tell you that if you're baptized in any other way that you aren't saved. First of all, they're telling that you're, bat- that you're saved by being dunked in water. That's not true. You're saved by grace through faith and a blood sacrifice substitute, not by being dunked in a, in a, in a tank of water somewhere. Amen. That's false doctrine. I don't care if your grandma's church of Christ. Amen. Now I know I ain't supposed to say stuff like that, and a lot of people, oh, I don't like that negative preacher. Well, you don't like the Bible. You wouldn't like Jesus either, amen. Right. Oh, well, what if you had a preacher got up and called people vipers and serpents and snakes? Would you like that? America's a bunch of sissies. Our old forefathers used to preach the Bible, amen. amen. And people used to say, amen, preach it. Amen. And they said, if you won't, uh, L.T. Harper told me, that's Jeremy's grandpa, great-grandpa, and, and he's, by the way, Jeremy's preaching tonight. He told me back in the 40th of that church, he said, Reggie, you keep preaching like you're preaching. He said, they're gonna come and go here so fast, make your head swim. And it happened just exactly like he said. Amen. And he said this, if you ever quit preaching like you, are me and Cora won't come. Yeah. He never did quit me. I buried him. Amen. You listen to me this morning. It's false doctrine to teach people that you sprinkle a baby and that saves them. Amen. 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 To take scripture out of context, pick out one verse and live on it. I was preaching a funeral down south, got done preaching and I was in a, I was preaching a funeral in a graveyard and I got done preaching and I gave the gospel of Jesus Christ, how you can be saved right here at this funeral. I mean, you can get saved in the graveyard, right? Amen. Yeah, right. hey, you can just call on the Lord, and God will save you right there. If you can get saved hanging on the cross, yeah, right. and I walked out of there and got about halfway down, this guy comes running up to me real quick, said, "You need React Two Thirty Eight. You need React Two Thirty Eight. You don't know anything about the gospel." I said, "No, you're the one don't know anything about the gospel." Amen. Let me listen to me. You don't get saved by being dunked. Amen. That's false doctrine. Right. Roman Catholic Church will teach you that if you're sprinkled as a child, I witnessed to a Catholic up here at Springfield Airport one time, gave me a gospel tract, told me this, how you go to heaven. I said, have you ever been born again? He said, yeah, I was, watch this, I was born again when the priest sprinkled me as a baby. Yeah. That's false doctrine. Amen. I could go into a lot of things, I ain't got time to get into it. I, I'll give you another one. And preachers all over southern Missouri preach, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. That's the only verse they see like they know every time they get up and preach. He that endureth to the end shall be saved. That is in the context of of Matthew chapter 24, Matthew 13, of the tribulation period pertaining to the flesh. Has nothing to do with the gospel of grace. And yet they keep people into bondage all the time. He that endureth, what do you mean he that endureth? So you're saved by enduring? Then why did Jesus die for you? So it's your endurance that saves you. That's false doctrine. Are you listening to me? I'm not saying they're mean or malicious or maybe not sincere. I'm sure they're sincere, but if it's false, it's wrong. If I'm wrong, brother, I'm wrong. Satan is going all over this world promoting false doctrine. I'll give you one. You You ain't got the Holy Ghost unless you speak in tongues. That's a lie. Amen. That is not true. That's true. The Bible said, we're all, said that, that we're all baptized by one spirit in the one body. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not saved. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know I'm saved by the word of God. And I've never spoken in tongue, any tongues except hillbilly yeah. right. I've had people tell me, oh, Reggie. You ain't got the Holy Ghost if you ain't spoken tongues. Yes, I do have the Holy Spirit and I ain't spoken tongues. And don't tell me, that, don't you put a, a weight of, of, of law and works on somebody's heart and life. They've got saved by the glorious grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ. And then you've got the stupid audacity to tell them they didn't really get saved or they're really not saved unless they speak in tongues. That's false doctrine. Amen. I don't care whether you like it or not. Amen. I tell you what, I feel like the devil been fighting me all morning. I'm going to fight him back. Amen. It's like he said, don't you preach that. They will not like that. Somebody won't come back. Well, don't come back. Amen. <laughs> I hope the devil don't either. <laughs> Let me give you another one. Oh, brother Brady, you've been sick. Well, you ain't right with God. Because God, are you nearly broke? Ask me, I'll tell you, yeah. (laughs) Well, brother, breed love. If you're sick or you've not got a bunch of money, you ain't living right. God wants his children to above all things to prosper and be in health. Out of third John. Take one verse. Run all over the country and tell you that if you're not wealthy and got money in the bank and you're sick. You're not right with God. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Can you imagine the Apostle Paul broke as <laughs> broke as a bug? Sitting in a jail cell in waist, ankle deep, rats big as cats and tell him, Paul, you must not be right with God here in jail and all this nastiness and broke. You can't be right with God. That's false doctrine. I'm telling you something. Yea, hath God not chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. You know who's rich in faith? The people ain't got anything but God. Amen. 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 Don't give me that nonsense. I'm sick of hearing it. And, uh, well, you send me a $1,000 or God will probably give you five. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice I didn't say five what. I just said five. <laughs> Amen. I'm talking about false doctrine. Doctrines of devils. Doctrines of devils. Here's how he does it. He overstresses one, neglects the other. Yeah. Yeah. All right, watch this. Preacher, get a preacher. Bless God, you adulterers and fornicators. I don't know. But I ain't preaching no, on getting mad at my kids and my wife all week long. Oh yeah. I won't preach on anger. 'cause that's my problem. See, we just preach on what we want to preach on. We just we just accentuate what we feel like we're maybe we don't have a problem with this one. But we put this other one on the rug. And we overemphasize one doctrine to the neglect of the other and it gets us off balance and truth out of balance is heresy. All right, now I'll tell you what does do. I put up 1st uh, Thessalonians 2:18. Now, I want to show you something. Now, we're going to go somewhere this morning. Now, you better put your seatbelt on. Put your seatbelt on. Then tighten her up, amen. The old pilot said we're going to hit some turbulent air. Now, you listen to me. First Thessalonians 2.18, look what the devil does. We're talking about what is Satan up to? What's he doing? Wherefore, again, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once again, but what? Satan hindered you. How many of you ever got up on Sunday morning? and the car wouldn't start and the pickup had a flat and the cows was out yeah. Yeah. and the dog got sick and you and your wife got into it. How, many's ever, how many besides me and Karen has ever got into it on Sunday morning with, you, with your spouse? Yeah. And how many of you has ever started the church <laughs> And the closer you're getting to church, <laughs> and the closer you get to church, the worse it gets. Yeah. Yeah. Because you gotta start putting on that plastic religious smile. Huh? You ain't been married that long and had a problem, but Danny, you know it's coming. She may not, but she you know it's coming. Amen. <laughs> You know what's up on Sunday morning? Satan hinders you. He's going to throw everything in the book at you to keep you from going to church. Or even if you get to church so you don't pay any attention to what's going on. You're just sitting back there going, I'm going to tell you what, me and her is having a talk when church is over. That's all you got out of the message. <laughs> Amen. Good preaching. Thank you. I appreciate that. It is good preaching. I don't preach much, but what I've experienced it myself. And that's how come I know so much about it. We, we me, and, me, I, I won't say me and Karen. I'll say Reg had been so bent out of shape headed to church. I've stopped the truck. We ain't going. Karen looked over and says, who's preaching? I don't know who's preaching. It ain't me. That's why we don't ride together no more. Amen. I come, I come by myself and she comes by herself. We never fuss on the way to church anymore. <laughs> Satan will hinder you. Hey, how about your prayer life? The Holy Ghost whispered, you ought to pray, you ought to pray, you ought to spend pray, your praying, and you was going to pray. You, you meant to, you was sure enough going to. But you know, something happened over here and you got it, and chainsaw wasn't, wasn't sharpened. It needs to be sharpened. And, and first thing you know, it was that, that night you remembered, you're going to pray. Yeah. <laughs> Satan hindered you. I'm telling you, he'll hinder you serving God, prayer, reading your Bible, serving God. He'll hinder you. And so many, I, I could preach for a week on this. He has multiple ways of hindering you. Paul said, he, if he'll hinder Paul, he'll hinder you and me. I want you to look at this. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, 11. So number one, I said this morning that he, he instigates false doctrine secondly he hinders God's people and he hinders us thirdly he resists your prayers I want you to look at Daniel once one of the amazing passages of scripture in the entire bible Woo, it's hot in here <laughs> is anybody else besides me hot mercy sakes want I don't want to north wind but I just anyway he resists our prayers look at this and he said to me oh Daniel A man greatly beloved to understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard and I'm come for thy words. But, verse 13. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I remained there with the king of Persia. You know what he was doing? 21 days. Daniel was fasting and praying. He couldn't break through. And the Bible said here Satan hindered him. Prince of Persia, that's a metaphor for Satan. He hindered him. He, 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 He withstood his prayers. Now you listen to me. How I many here's got some prayers that you ain't talked to nobody about, but it's pretty serious on your heart and your mind? Yeah. You know, you don't you don't raise your hand on Wednesday nights and say, pray for this, but I'm telling you there's some burdens on your heart. you listen to me. I don't care whether you're fasting and praying, Satan's going to work on you. You're going to resist your prayer. He resisted him. And you know what, God, after 21 days, look at there. Michael. One of the archangels come in on the scene. There was such a battle over prayer. Does that tell you about, do you know, do you know, I'll I'll just show you in simple terms what's wrong with America, what's wrong with right here. All across this country right now, a lot of churches shut down Wednesday night prayer meeting. Then comes next Sunday night, they shut down Sunday night. You listen to me. The prayer meeting here on Wednesday night is the spiritual lifeblood of this church. And it's as boring as eating green apples. Who told you the church is supposed to be entertaining? Who told you you're supposed to feel real good about going to church? Man, it's just boring. Come on, come Wednesday night. It's boring. Where's the entertainment and getting on your knees? Listening to people's hearts being poured out. But when you get in your head, you know what's really going on? Right there. Satan's resisting you praying. I'm going to fight against you praying. Don't mount anything. Doesn't count. Don't do any good. Besides that, you're busy. You're tired. Don't you know how tired you are? Hey, we're we're in real territory now. This is the real deal. I'm just telling you something. You say, Reggie, I can pray at home. Pray at home then. I'm all for you. I'll just be honest with you, there's something about about me coming to prayer meeting that that's a spiritual warfare about it. I'm, so I know it's real. When, I, when the devil's fighting me, I know I'm in the good territory. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 4, the next thing, he blinds men the truth. The Bible said, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine to them. Let me tell you something. If you listen online today, you're in this building. One of the things Satan will do if you're lost is to blind you to the truth. He'll blind you to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And let that light shine upon you. Let me tell you something. Satan will blind your mind to truth. Look at that, what it says. The God of this world, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. You know why people look Because the minds blinded? That's what he's outdoing. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God should shine them. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 19. Here's the next thing. Not only does he blind men to the gospel. By the way, you say, Reggie, how's the light going to break through? Through prayer. Through prayer. Entering into the spiritual realm. Hey, remember Job? Job didn't know what was going on in the unseen world. But there's a lot going on. All kinds of stuff going on. And you and I have the weapon of prayer in our spiritual weapon, Ephesians chapter six. But here's another thing: look at Matthew thirteen nineteen. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and casteth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. What's talking about there? The wicked one. You will be in this church. You'd be sitting there in church and the spirit of God trying to give you the word of God, give you a truth, give you or, uh, the gospel, whatever it may be. And not only blind your mind, but you get to your truck and you can't even remember what was preached on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Stole it from you. Right. Yeah. Sitting right there. I mean, boom, just like that. God says that happens in church and it does happen in church. Look at the next thing. Job chapter one, verse seven through 12. Job chapter one. I'm going to tell you right now. He accuses. And I want you to listen to this. The Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, we're talking about the activities of the devil. And said, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, hast thou considered my servant Job? There is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and sheweth evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, did Job fear God for not? What? Back that up. And right here is where it's at. Satan answered the Lord and said, doth Job fear God for not? You know what he's saying? Job only serves you for what he can get out of you. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason so-and-so goes to church is they hope he, God will bless them. Yeah. Yeah. The only reason they give is so that God will bless them. Yeah. And if God didn't bless them, they wouldn't be here next Sunday. God, don't kid yourself. Job doesn't love you. He just serves you to get what he can get out of you. You're his heavenly slot machine. He's the accuser of the brethren. And I wonder what he can accuse us of today. Listen to me. You reckon the devil's ever went up toward the Lord and said, Lord, Ridge, he doesn't serve you because he loves you. He serves you for self-glory. Strike his self-glory and see what he does. get him where it hurts. Make it look like everything he ever stood for doesn't amount to hill beans now. Make it look like what he gave his life to doesn't doesn't matter. Doesn't count. Failed. You and I do not know how Satan's accusing us. But he accused him of serving God for what he could get out of him. For ulterior motives. Really get this. He accuses the brethren. Verse number ten: Hast not thou made a hedge about him, about his house, about all he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands; his substance is increased. In the land. Watch verse eleven. But put forth thine hand now and touch all he hath; and he'll curse thee of thy face. I wonder if you lost your spouse, lost a loved one, somebody sued you, took your farm. <clears throat> I wonder if your doctor told you, you had cancer next week. Are we still able to say? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Naked I came and naked I go. Bless the name of the Lord. Can we say that? Why are we at church today? Why are we doing what we're doing? God goes to the motives. Satan's, one of his activities, is accusing you and I before the Lord of our motivations and the reason we're doing things to be evil and wrong and not because we love and glorify the Lord. And if you and I are doing anything that we're doing, apart from the reason of glorify the Lord Jesus Christ for his honor and his glory, if it's about us being blessed, it'll come out eventually. <clears throat> In Job chapter 2, he not, as you know, and I won't go there, but chapter 1, it's about his possessions. Chapter 2, it's about you know, family and then his own health. Takes it all away. In Revelation, he's called the accuser of the brethren, and he is. You know what I've always said? If the devil's on the side of those that are accusing the brethren, I don't think I want to be there with him. Be careful about accusing the brethren. Amen. You're, you're joining up with the devil at that point. <clears throat> <clears throat> Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26. 2 Timothy 2, 26. Here's something else the devil does. He'll trap you. Now I meant this morning. Down in my, I got a little old shed down there below the house. <clears throat> And it's got a little cage, wire cage. I was going to bring it to church, and I didn't get it done. But you check that little wire cage, and you prop it up. Now, my mama's one of her brother passed away yesterday. And she was telling me, she, she, she always, you know, Clyde, just, he's a sweet, one of the sweetest guys you ever knew. And she's telling me about when he was a boy, brother, uh, 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 that he set rabbit traps all the time. Said he, made it, he had this box. And said, Reggie, he had a deal set up where he'd prop that lid open, and he'd put an apple core. In there, and he said he catch rabbits, trap them. Old Jerry Clowers talks about this in this way: Let the devil lays snares for you. Now, if you're going to get a snare, you're going to trap somebody. How many's ever How many's ever trapped? You literally trapped. How, how many's ever walked upon an animal that's in the trap and still alive? <clears throat> Describe it to me. Just try to it. Huh? Just try to pet it. Try to pet it. Yeah. (laughs) Go deeper. Describe to me one caught in a trap. Fight for his life. Anxious. Fight for his life. Anxious. Anxious. Heavy fear. Heavy fear. Terror. Terror. Let me just say something to you. I can't believe Missouri voted in marijuana. Yeah. Yeah. It's a trap. Yeah. Yeah. Liquor is a trap. Pornography is a trap. Yeah. Marijuana is a trap. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you something. Yeah, meth, and all that junk is a trap. Immorality is a trap. Yeah. Yeah. And Satan uses it. And he's just like that old hog hunter down in Louisiana. Them hogs hide back out there. Deep, deep thickets. So he put him up a little fence. Put him a trap gate. But he didn't put the corn in the pen the first day. Everybody got me? Mm-hmm. He took the corn out to the edge of the thicket. And he'd take that corn. Six, eight, ten feet. That's it. But over the course of two or three weeks closer and closer to the trap. And they said finally he'd put that corn inside that trap. And them hogs, by the end they just, all their inhibitions, you know for a long time they something ain't right. Something ain't right about this. You just don't find corn laying in the ground like this. It didn't come down from the sky. Where'd this corn come from? But that's your good. Pretty soon they forget about, how did the corn get here? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same way Satan works. Yeah. And he would say, he said say, a hog jump in there and bam, that trap come down that run. Hit that fence everywhere in the world. By the way, you know what's going on all this drug addiction and everything? They're hitting the fences everywhere. They're hitting the fences everywhere. And I am going to tell you, everybody in this room, you don't mess with that stuff. Satan will trap you. He'll Amen. trap you in immorality. He'll trap you with drugs. He'll trap you with liquor. He'll trap you with hatred. Right. He, here's how he, he'll lay a trap out. They did that to you. I'd hate him the rest of my life if I was you. You think about what they did and trap you in bitterness. You'll never have another day of smiling in your life. Amen. Trap you by. Offenses. That's why Jesus wants you to be free. He said, pray for those that hate you. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Love your enemies. God doesn't want you trapped. Amen. Satan. Look at this. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. He is just trapping people right and left. I always get tickled. The guy says, well, I can quit this anytime I want to. Well, why don't you quit it then? First Timothy 3, 7. Moreover, talking about a preacher. He must have a good report of them that, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Uh, there was all over Facebook here in the last day or two about uh, some article about preachers. And, I, 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 you know, it's, it's fine. But I'll tell you, a lot of preachers had a snare set for them. Yeah. Right in the church house. Yep. You see how did this happen? We got snared. Yeah. Get trapped. You better watch them traps the devil and snares of the devil. Well, look at Matthew chapter, well, Matthew chapter four, verse one, he'll do this to you. Then was Jesus led of the spirit under the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He'll tempt you. Matthew four, one. <clears throat> tempt you. I don't I, tell you what, I'm really struggling. I mean, I, Facebook to me is an avenue to get the gospel out to the people who need it. But I tell you, it's a trap. I don't know about what pops up on your Facebook feed, but I know what pops up on mine. And some of it popping up ain't real good stuff. And it's tempting. Just well, be honest. Maybe mine's the only feed got that kind of stuff. Better be aware. <clears throat> the Bible said in Ephesians six eleven, the wiles of the devil, the wiles of the devil. What's that cunning trickery? Fool you. He'll make you think that money is going to make you happy. He'll make you think more money is going to make you more happy. He'll make you think approval from people will make you happy. Acceptance of people will make you happy. He's got all kinds of tricks. Wiles are tricks. Satan afflicts. And this is honest truth. And I think we need to get on this a little bit. In Job chapter 2, the Bible says, Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job. Satan smote him. Luke 13, 16 says, and ought not this woman being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound. I do believe that there are physical and mental and psychological affliction from Satan. Have you ever felt like he was going crazy? (laughs) Nobody wants to answer a question like that. (laughs) Satan could just pop and throw everything in the world at you and throw everything in the world at you until you're just confused. It's a mass of confusion. And you've got to run into the word of God. Can I say it? so? You've got to run to the word of God at that point and let God give you a sound mind. Amen. But he afflicts people. Even the apostle Paul said this, a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan. Sickness and bodily afflictions can come from the devil. <clears throat> Acts 10 38 says that he, he, Jesus went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now, I don't understand everybody, and I'm not saying that if you're sick, that's a deal of the devil. I don't know, but it's possible. You need to recognize it. The Bible said, next to the Hebrew, deceives. Revelation twelve nine. he deceiveth the whole world. Revelation 28, deceived all the nations. Now, I'm running because it's 1155, and there's a ball game I'm wanting to watch. No, I ain't watched a ball game, and I don't know when. Wouldn't give you three nickels for six of them. There was a time when I would have. That's all changed. Here's one I want to get, and I want everybody to pay attention right now. I want you to put up 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 3 through 5. And I'm going to preach this because I care about you. And to me, this is one of the most unspoken, unpreached deals there is in the Word of God and affects more people than will ever admit it. And I beg of you, if you're married here today, you pay attention right now. Because you say, wonder what happened to their marriage. Wonder what happened to their marriage. Wonder what happened to their marriage. Wonder what happened to them. I'm going to tell you what happened to them. The Bible is very specific about it. First Corinthians chapter 7. Let's read verses 3 through 5. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. And likewise also the wife unto the husband. For the wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Verse number 5. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Incontinency means your lack of self-control. What this is talking about is intimacy and in marriage. Physical intimacy and in marriage. Did you notice right here that Satan will come right in the middle? Anytime the Bible sets up a situation and then says, watch out for Satan, you better perk your ears up and turn up the radio. Because this is serious. I don't tell you, I've been pastoring 40 some years. I've lived 69. I do not know of a passage passage of scripture that affects more marriages and more homes, but they won't admit it. Walk into church, act like everything's fine, and it's not fine because of this right here. Satan will walk right in the middle of your marriage, and the middle of your home, over this issue. The Bible's very clear that the wife and the husband neither has power over their own body. You have given yourself to each other. Okay? Here's what happens. Now watch it says, <clears throat> defraud ye not one the other. That means you don't cheat them out of what is rightfully theirs as a married couple. Neither the husband nor the wife. Okay? You're quiet. Defraud ye not one or the other, except to be with consent. Better, you better study this out, word by word, phrase by phrase. Better study it out. If you're going to withhold yourself from your spouse, you must do it with consent. That's right. Amen. If you don't, you're out of scriptural bounds. Okay. That means, you know what that inclu- First, Communication. Okay. And ability to be communicated to. That means you're willing to hear and be talked to and to listen to what your spouse is saying, not just with their mouth, but with their heart. Yeah. This, is, this is messing up. Let me just tell you something. When a marriage five feet under is messed up, It will come into the church and mess the church up. Are you listening? Churches are made up of families. Families are made up of couples who are living together, who have God-given urges and desires that God intended to be met within the biblical bounds. When that gets messed up, it will mess your prayer life up. It will mess your Bible reading life up. You'll walk into church, put on the dog, but you are not happy. And if this church, just well smile, it's real, okay? If this church, as a body of believers, can get this truth down, we will do the devil a lot of damage. Amen. And we will save our homes and our marriages and save our children from seeing mom and dad at each, at each other. Now listen to me. I'm not preaching down my nose at you. I'm preaching uh, truth. from a low point. God help me to be humble and honest. I know what I'm talking about. Okay? And men, you are the leaders of your home. That means that you need to be very sensitive and alert, and I need to be very sensitive and alert to our wife's needs, to their seasons and times, to what's going on, and communicate with them. And you say, well, I try to talk to her. She do not want to talk. i will be honest with you. I don't know what to do in a situation like that. But I'll just tell you this much. You better quit sulling up and you better start communicating with each other. You better start talking to each other. You better start giving yourselves to each other. You better stop withholding yourselves from each other. It's exactly right. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to get into muddy water. I'm telling you right now, this is the unspoken area of life. that is. Everybody's like, what in the world happened? I thought they were a happy couple. Nah. No, they weren't. Wonder what he saw in that old gal. She ain't near as pretty as his wife. Wonder what she saw in him. Most of the time, it comes right out of this right here. The only reason that that you don't be willing to come together is to be able to give yourself to fasting and prayer. Now, don't you take that out of context. Bless God I'm fasting and praying. Get out of here. I'm super spiritual, and I figured out a biblical way to get rid of you and not be with you. i want to tell you something. You better do some thinking before you say, will you marry me? Yes. You better think. Yeah, When he reaches his arm around, puts his arm around my shoulder and his breath smells like the backside of a sewer lagoon. (laughs) And he ain't took a bath in three days. Better wake up. Or he still got leftover skull. (laughs) Hey, baby. Trying to help you. Some of you online, you're sitting there acting like holy. You ain't holy. You're just guilty as anybody in this church house. <laughs> yeah. mm. Somebody say something somewhere. <laughs> you just a mumbling and a groaning and complaining. You and Don Zen, I know, just like, I'm not like Moses. I got a up mumbling and complaining. <laughs> Watch this that you may give yourself to fasting prayer and what? Come together again. Why? Hey, get your head up. I ain't praying. We're not dismissing. That baby be all right without you. Don't check his diapers. It's fine right now. We're about out anyway. I told you that you better hang on. Why? 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 Why does God tell you this? That Satan not get in the middle of your marriage and destroy it. That's right. Amen. That Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. And you say, bless God, i tell you what, she won't meet my needs, I'll find somebody who will. Are you listening to me? One of my first experiences I had as a pastor blew me out of the saddle. Until this, you know, I still can't get used to it. A couple called and wanted to come down. Now, that's why I don't like counseling. I don't like counseling. They come down, sat in the living room. I said, How can he help you? Our marriage is on the rocks, wrecked. I said, What's wrong? They look at each other. And pretty soon she says, well, I'm just going to say it. He has no interest in me. We're a young married couple. We ain't been married for two or three years. He has no interest in me physically. I was like, I never knew a man like that. <laughs> I, mean, I just like... And I said, I looked at him, I said, is that the truth?'" She said, he said, well, yeah, kind of. What do you do with something like that? Yeah. You know what you do? You take them that scripture and you say, hey, Jack, get with it. You ain't got a right to withhold yourself from your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I learned real fast that most marriage trouble has to do with intimacy right. in the home. And all the other stuff is just surface stuff. Well, we don't have a nice car or we don't have this. Can I tell you, if you're a honeymooning, you don't care what kind of car you got. I don't have a nice house. If you're a honeymoon and you don't care what kind of house you're living in, did you ever notice that? It's only later. We don't have this and we don't have that. <clears throat> well, I guess we should pray and go home, right? <laughs> oh, my. I'm just telling you, I'm preaching about the devil, and I'm not going to bypass it. Amen. Amen. And my experience as a pastor, my experience as a person, in our marriages it's over let me tell you right now it, we're all made out of the same dirt hey, there's no temptation taking you but such is common to man yeah. so don't sit there today and let the devil tell you it's you he's talking about Reggie hey, Reggie's talking no no I'm talking about all of us you say well I ain't never had that trouble hang around Jack <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I don't know <laughs> Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. Let me tell you what's up. You know why? Do you know why they're putting all them flashy girls up on Facebook pop-up deals for you? Because they're hoping that you, your marriage is messed up and you'll bite the bait. Remember? And the first thing you know. And then the devil walk up to you and say. She doesn't really love you. She don't even really like you. If I had you, I'd leave her. You did see that girl looking at you over there the other day, didn't you? If you had her, now she'd pay attention to you. You can just tell the way she's looking at you, she'd pay attention to you. That works. You remember how she used to act like he was everything in the world. Ain't that way now, is it? Oh boy. She just wants to know when when where's the check at? Now listen, I know I can play the devil very well. Amen. <laughs> that comes natural, okay? <clears throat> but I want to tell you the truth. There's not a marriage in this church the devil wouldn't like to rip apart. Amen. I just love you. And I want you just to know something about the devil. I, we can talk about all these other stuff, but really bothers me. This, this really bothers me because I've had to fight it. You'll have to fight it. Everybody has to fight it. You better wake up take care of each other and love each other. Amen. Amen. Appreciate each other. And then remember you said something till death do us part. Amen. Then you all remember this. What do you do in the name of Christ? If you buzz off and do what you devil told, told, to, ask you to do. <coughs> I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I wished he had preached that. I, I'm going to call Brother Ronnie. Brother Ronnie Simpson came and preached probably about the first revival meeting we had in this, in this church here in 1983 when we was at the old building. And I never will forget, he preached about the second night he got up and preached the hindrance of the home and revival. Oh, my land. There were people visiting here from everywhere. That's the last time. A lot of them never came back. <laughs> <clears throat> but he was preaching. He got to preaching on this hindrance of the home in revival. Amen. And he got talking about He said, some of you women, he said, you don't act like you. He said, no, he pre, don't, don't be wrong. He preached the hair off the, the men's head. I never will forget. He said, some of you women you used to really spark up for your husband. He said, now you run around that same old red house coat. Yeah. Curlers. huh? Curlers. curlers in your hair. You remember it, don't you, Danny? Heard it. You heard it. Yeah. And he said, you wake up in the morning, you walk out of the bedroom, curlers in your hair and your old red house coat on, you know, and you start slapping the grease in the pan and And he said, if some of you throw that burn, that red house coat and get you a new one, get the colors out of your hair. And when he comes home, throw your leg around him and say, I've been thinking about you all day long, sweetheart. You'd have a brand new husband. All right. Wait, you guys, your husband, your wife, she's working up here at the bank. She dresses to the T because the bank tells her to. She puts on all the makeup. Bank tells her, once you look nice, you're going to look nice here. You ain't working here. And you're going to be real nice to people. And by the way, the banker's your boss. Yeah, and he just drops you a set of roses off. You're just an awful good employee. He complimented you when you did something right. And you thought, boy, you come home from work, ladies, and your husband's like, well, you finally got here. <laughs> And he's got skulls stepping out of one side of his mouth. Ain't took a bath in three days. And you know what you got the devil's to tell you? You ain't married yet. I can tell you <laughs> But I am making a spectacle out of it. I'm sure glad you're feeling better. You feeling good enough to get married? <laughs> Huh? Why don't you bug oh, bug Susanna. Yeah. Susanna. Like, you, <laughs> you feel good enough to get married? <laughs> oh, she just went be red. I mean, be red. <laughs> and, and, and that guy that's inside her, he's just looking down. <laughs> we love you. I'll just, we tease you around here. But I'm going to tell you something. You come home, you're tired. Yeah. You've been on your feet all day long, and your husband starts griping at you because he looked at his drawer and there wasn't no clean socks. And what are we having for supper? And you said, I just ordered pizza, greasy pizza, cold, greasy pizza. And you're into it. And you know what the devil says? Your boss never talks to you like that. Yeah. He always compliments you and tells you how nice you look today and acts like he's glad to see you. And you come home with your husband, the one you give your life to, you're trying to help him. And he treats you like a dirty dish rag. That makes it real nice to go to time, come time to go to bed at night. Let's stand. That's enough of this.